0: I'm Jane Wilcox, and you are listening to Sheclesiology, Girls Talk in
1: Church.
2: Tell your girls a story, I will tell you a lie. Anything you want, you can do it just fine. Come on.
0: In today's episode, we continue our discussion around Felicia Wu Song's concept of church as counter-liturgy found in her latest book, Restless Devices, Recovering Personhood, Presence, and Place in the Digital Age. She calls us to consider how the church can be a community whose collective practices of resistance shapes us to be the kind of kingdom people we long to become. We take up Dr. Song's challenge found in the section of her book called Experiments in Praxis. The She Team commits together to a four-day counter-liturgy experiment of resistance. We invite our listeners to also engage in one of the counter-liturgy options discussed in the episode, and then suggest you share about your experience on our Sheclesiology Community Facebook page. You'll find the She Team's update there as well. As a reminder, Dr. Song is a cultural sociologist and professor at Westmont College and a scholar at the intersection of faith and digital technologies. Let's pick up where we left off in the last episode. Besides myself, ecclesiology is? who Jennifer Johnson. Ann Swartley. So she started writing Restless Devices pre-COVID. So when she did the conference in 2019, she was well on her way in writing this book. But she makes some notes in terms of what COVID has done to the church in particular, that many are opting to continue virtual services. I mean, they they may be in person, but they're continuing virtual services. And she would challenge churches to not buy into being disembodied as a community gathered together. Sometimes Redner's has the best music. You'll hear people singing these songs like across the aisles. Like (laughs) I I love that because we are sharing this song. And it's always like the best you know seventies or like mid eighties music um in this, and in the same way she is she's saying it's it's this it's the same trap virtual church, while yes, you're hearing a message, you're not embodying this shared experience together that's shaping us that's forming us.
3: Did any of you see that video? I forget how old it is now, but it um I think it was just mothers and children come and like stand silently for three minutes and look into each other's eyes. And he just like filmed that moment. And in every, I forget how many pairs were in the video. It was at least six pairs in the video. And every single time they started to weep, nobody was saying a word. They were just standing there looking in each other's eyes in silence. And every time they would start to weep. And then afterward, he interviewed them to ask, you know, what were you thinking? You know, when you started crying, what was that about? And it it was just the, it was this embodied human connection that I had never looked into their eyes that way before. I never noticed how much they looked like their dad. I saw in them, my own mother, I saw in them. I thought about how they were a baby and that embodied practice together
1: and in silence just really struck me. Yeah. Years ago, um, I think it was probably, I think it was 2010, the Museum of Modern Art in New York had an exhibition called The Artist is Present. And it was a play on words um, because it was, I'm going to butcher her name, but it was Marina Abramovich. Um, she's a, she's a noted performance artist and I, it was fascinating. And, um, because what she did was for a period of, I think eight weeks, she had, she came and she sat in the middle. If you've ever been to the MoMA, there's a huge atrium space when you walk in and she had a chair and a huge carpet. And then there was a chair facing her. And every day at eight or nine in the morning, she came and she sat in that chair and people would queue to sit across from her and you could sit for a minute or you could sit for two hours. It was up to you. And she would sit and look and make eye contact with you for the whole time, for however long you chose to sit there. And then when when you got up and left, then she would take a break and close her eyes and kind of take a moment for herself and then do it again, because that takes much effort to be present with another person. But the same thing happened. People would just start to weep because they felt seen by another human being. They felt like somebody was giving them undivided attention. When's the last time somebody gave you undivided attention? You know, that's just always stuck with me. I saw that exhibit 12 years ago now, and it's a constant reminder to me to be present, um, which I just don't do on a daily basis.
0: I'm just thinking about this very deep connection because it is, for, it is fulfilling that hunger, Uh, that she would say this permanent connectivity through digital devices and a digital ecology that's all around us to connect with another person. And she says that that's the myth. The deep connection is when you're completely and utterly Mm -hmm. giving yourself over to another person uh, with your attention.
2: Oh, how do we even just connect with ourselves and Mm -hmm. what in our, our present reality, right here and right now and when she said monotasking i think i made i made a note i just like wow she says it's experiment i'm like why do i have to experiment with being alone with my own thoughts and my own body and my own reality and Mm -hmm. i realized i do and i realized that oh when do i monotask and for whatever reason my my example my very bad example of monotasking is um i love to donate blood uh it's something i try to be very regular at but you know nothing i could really not think of anything better than being mindful that the fact there's like a needle in my arm and i need to lay still and like pump blood out of my arm for about 15 minutes um have i tried to use my phone with my non-dominant hand yes have i dropped it on my face while donating blood in a room of strangers also yes and i think like the first time i tried it and that <laughs> happened i'm like Kim, like listen to the, listen to the radio and pump blood like for 15 minutes. Like you can do it. I believe that you can be present in this moment. <laughs> uh, but it took like something kind of jarring for me, like a very unusual, not part of my regular routine and to like have like mild mm-hmm. discomfort in my arm to have that disruption to be like, Hey, can you just focus on this reality right now? And you're, and to prove to myself, that's the experiment part, prove to myself that, I was okay. And there was nothing to check for 15 whole minutes. Yeah. Well, and so
1: here's taking it a step further to the realm of counter liturgy. Um, What if, and I'm not ever I'm not going to ask you if you do this, but what if the next time you gave blood, you spent that 15 minutes praying for whoever was going to receive it. Right. So I
2: I think about that. That's my next step. I do think about that. This Mm. is, this is a great prep. Actually I'm donating on, I'm donating in a few days, which is wonderful. (laughs) Because uh, I think there, there's times where I don't think I would actually ponder about that. Uh, this is my sidebar. This is my rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, I love donating blood because I never get to choose who receives it and whose life it saves. Mm-hmm. I never get that choice. I only find out later through like my handy app that's also on my phone. <laughs> 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 I I'm, it, tells me, it tells me where it goes. It tells me what hospital. That it goes to. Nice. I love that, which is really cool. I love posting mm-hmm. that. And then I'll post that to my social media sometimes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I will. Because it's all to the <laughs> point. Uh, I just undid everything. Oh, you have God. to optimize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I do. I think about that. It's just like, oh, because mm-hmm. like donating blood saves three lives. I'm like, I'm, gr- I'm like so grateful that I don't, I am not in the place of where Jesus stands. And I didn't choose whose lives I saved. My, yeah. jo- my, my goal was to show up and stick yeah. my arm out for 15 minutes. Um, yeah. I think it just so ju- sh-
0: shows us the, uh, the complexity of the tension and yes. the, the contradictions that we live in. And uh-huh. we sort of know it almost unconsciously, but if, you, if we're forced to say it, then we laugh at ourselves. But we, we truly live in this, this immediate tension nearly 24 seven with our phone. Yeah. Of leaving it be, not posting, not advertising, along with, I, I just want to share, you know, and, and that, that mm-hmm. there's something positive that comes out of that, and it could have That's a positive crazy. impact. It could encourage
3: somebody else to, yes. to donate blood. Donate
0: blood.
2: <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by the American Red Cross. <laughs> <laughs> <You know, laughs>
1: <hit us> <laughs> but if you want to donate blood, <laughs> hey, Yeah, we should yeah. seek some sponsorships. We can absolutely.
0: <laughs> hey friends, I want to jump in while I have your ear and let you know that I've recently launched a Facebook page called Ecclesiology Listening Community. My hope is that it creates a space for dialogue among our listeners and with the women you hear on the podcast. I'd encourage you to post your thoughts on the page when something we've said intrigues, compels, or even angers you. Let us wrestle through it together, sharing ideas, sources, practices, and fresh ideas about the church that includes and supports your voice. Search on ecclesiology in the Facebook app and click join. See you there. After I heard Dr. Song speak at the CPT conference uh, in 2019, I came home quite enthusiastic to get the church, get Highland Park to get on board with uh, some sort of counter liturgies. And we tried several times at church. Uh, we would well, maybe like twice a church, we put into practice a no device rule uh, for Sunday mornings. We had a basket that we'd pass around and everyone had to drop their phones into it at the beginning. You know, once we get settled and uh, we had to surrender our phone. Uh, Teens and adults, because we tend to mix uh, generations there. And I have to say this, first of all, I honestly think um, it was, there was more resistance from the adults than the Uh teens which was discouraging to me because as a parent, your teen is watching what you're doing and now they're taking their cues to not want to give up their phone because you did. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, the whole idea of this collective counter liturgy is that we're all buying it. So that was my first observation. The second one was um, it took about two weeks before we fell away from that practice, because it, it, it's just so hard to get buy-in. And it is so hard just it, to continue, like the hand up to the tsunami. Uh, it takes an incredible amount of effort to resist uh, that secular liturgy, as, as they would say. Song writes, quote, after becoming conscious of how our secular liturgies are framing our lives, We ought to identify and exercise counter liturgies that push back against the misformations of the heart. Instead of simply removing the bad, we ought to fill ourselves with something good. Why? Because our hearts are restless and will remain so until we find our rest in God. Mm. So, reflecting back on my experience of bringing this great idea of let's set up some counter liturgies at church, probably some of the problem was that we. We, while we remove the bad, put your phone in the basket. I don't think we were as intentional about replacing it with Mm -hmm. the good. Mm -hmm. So uh, where were those uh, then counter liturgies, which not is more than just taking uh, the phone away or creating some sort of block app or separating yourself from your phone. But we're addressing that love, the hunger right inside of us. Uh, So that, I think that was our problem. So what I'd like to suggest us as the she team, maybe we could do this experiment uh, in an experience of counter liturgy, but also invite our listeners to maybe find uh, something similar uh, and to do it with a group. It's a collective experience for the many things we've already described, because it's so dang hard to do it solo. So here are some suggestions that, uh, Dr. Song suggests and she does an excellent job in her book of after right after the chapter um, experiments in praxis and so she will offer some suggestions uh, which align with what she calls the freedom project which is part of a um, a college class assignment that she does so that's where I'm pulling these suggestions that we can talk about to see what sits well with us and then um, also allow our listeners to maybe choose something that might work for them or to challenge them. So her first suggestion is to bookend our day with our phones. I'm sorry, with (laughs) now that's nice. That's what we already do. (laughs) That's what what we already do. Bookend our day without our phones uh, for a certain period of time. So she typically suggests four days or five days. And then ask the question, what morning and evening practices will replace that period of time? The follow-up is to reflect on what was happening in you, uh, maybe try to address that question of what, what was the, the love that I was trying to uh, satiate, that supreme love. Um, so what may be satiating it when you went to reach for your phone? Uh, so that is one idea bookend our uh, morning and evening without the phone for a certain period of time. The second suggestion of counter liturgy is by distancing yourself from your phone. Uh, It's an attempt to break that, that habitual reach (laughs) Uh, for the phone first thing in the morning, uh, evening, or even the middle of the night, which I'm also guilty of if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I don't go Back to sleep within a few minutes. I'm like, I'm just going to check some things on my phone. Damn. So her suggestion is at least at the very least, it's across the room. If it's in your bedroom, which she would say that is sacred space. Phones should not be in bedrooms, bedrooms or dining room tables. That's, that's reserved space for the sacredness of relationships of that eye to eye contact. So at least on the other side of your bedroom. Better yet, on the other side of the house, in the charging station, where the entire family puts their phones, say, starting at 10 p.m., and then you can retrieve your phone by 6 a.m., something like that. And then, of course, then reflect. uh, How did that go? What did you fill that time with? She'll offer to her students, find something else to do first thing in the morning, do your Mm -hmm. push-ups, you know. Do, do whatever else that you would typically maybe skip over or not do that you've now created the space um, and then reflect on that. And then finally, the third one, and actually, I think she has one more about monotasking. So um, if, if y'all chose to do that, uh, the third one is to block the mindless apps that we reach for to pass the time when we're in those waiting spaces where we're just, you know, we're sort of suspending time doing something, uh, or even winding down, which I do that too. So instead of going to the phone, block those apps and I don't know, what else do I do? And maybe I take a walk, go outside, catch a breath or something like that. So those are our three suggestions. Maybe there are other suggestions of counter liturgy that, uh, we'd be interested in practicing together, committing together to do. So what do you guys think? Anything sound appealing? (laughs) It's sort of like start by the way, sort of like starting a new diet. I don't know if this happens with you. (laughs) Like if I'm going to start a new diet, let's say I'm going to restart Weight Watchers. I really have to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. because if I'm like half in, I'm like, I know this Mm -mm. is not going to work. I I'm just not I'm not joking myself. I'm not even gonna start. I'm honestly at this point, if you guys opt out, I'm like, okay, I'm out.
1: (laughs) Well, I think I think you make a really good point. You know, that one of the the principles of change is that people don't change until the pain of changing is less than the pain of current reality. Um so until I see a picture of myself 50 pounds overweight, then I'm not gonna go on the diet. Until I, you know whatever, pick, pick your, your addiction or your, your problem of choice. Um, so for me, I think where I feel it most acutely, I do waste time on my phone at home. Sometimes, you know, I I'm guilty of second screening where you're half watching something and half you know, I, which it doesn't do a justice name for to that. what you're watching or to your screen. Like, just yeah. do one or the other. But I think where it's most acute for me is at work, and part mm. of that is the nature of my job as a marketing person. I don't have the luxury of giving up Facebook for Lent and ever. Yes, right. right. Yeah, uh, I'm in charge of university social media, but I can. I do have agency over um, whether or not I have my phone on. I mean, I'm at, I'm at my computer. You know, do I really need to have my phone buzzing and pinging all day with all the right, notifications right. that some random person in Idaho liked this post? I know, probably not. Um, I have staff who will alert me if there's a crisis on social media, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's like, I'm not as important as I think I am. I mean, I don't really think I'm that important, but it's like, yes. I don't need to be constantly dialed in to this and I don't need to be getting a notification every time my work email gets an email, it'll be there. So I think for me, it may be, and I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally start small because I want to choose something that I can feel like I've had some success with and maybe grow. So here's what I'm going to commit to the group is I'm going to turn my phone off three hours of every work day, which will hopefully help me do deeper work, more of the yes. work that I, like when I get writer's block, I'm going to sit with it and not just mm. go to my phone and oh, right. scroll. That's cool. right.
2: Wow.
1: Um, I'm yes. going to trust that the world is still going to turn, even if I'm not checking to see who retweeted something. So mm. I don't, I'll let you know what three hours it is. If you even care, but that's, that's what, and I'll, yeah. I'll do that for it's Monday. So I'll do that the rest of this week. I'll do that four days. Um and then okay. next time we do a podcast recording, I will be um twitching and shaking on Zoom from withdrawal. And I'll probably look <laughs> like I've aged 10 years. Um no, you'll
3: be so vibrant and alive. You'll be I will so have written three novels.
2: <laughs> I will be
1: running for state senate. I will be so productive.
2: Jennifer Johnson for State Senate. I'll
1: be starting a donut ministry. Right. Yeah.
2: How okay, so much time trying. to start donut ministry so much mm. time now but else, ladies I'm telling you I am half committed
0: I am I am sitting here thinking <laughs> this was a dumb idea
2: Jeez.
3: <laughs> oh no it's great I love it I
2: love it because I'm, I'm looking at all of them and I'm like sweating <laughs> li- looking at all of them no because really anything at this point yeah, of my yeah. phone consumption will be good to be honest
3: yeah so for yeah
2: go ahead Kim no no no. I don't you 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 commit you commit first for <laughs> Well, I was just going to say the the
3: whole like don't bookend your day with your phone. I that seems like a bridge too far for me. But <laughs> but monotasking I can commit to at least 3 tasks every day. Yeah. I will monotask. Good. So you're 3 hours and I'm 3 tasks.
0: Great. Here's the question, monotasking. Does that mean that um that you're only going to be either on your computer or on your phone like that what is the monotasking because you could could only be doing laundry right only you know doing laundry and not have your like so just i'm actually i feel like i'm in coach mode could you give me a little more yes (laughs) what are you committing okay so
3: so yes, I was thinking of things like waiting in line at a store, doing laundry, gotcha. uh, okay. if I'm mowing the lawn, which actually John does. So I probably won't do that. Uh, but yeah, to what I'm doing, I'm not, oh, and I'm not counting social media. So if I'm scrolling Facebook, I'm not counting that as a task that I'm monotasking. <laughs> so it has to be something <laughs> other than <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm writing my sermon, I'm writing my yes. sermons.
0: Mm. awesome
2: yeah the monotasking sounds great wait when we were talking about that also my other confession is that um I, I do listen I listen to our podcast which is great I never monotask listening to our own podcast <laughs> I only listen to our podcast when I have a sink full of dishes to do or I'm like cooking I'm just gonna yeah. you were there the so.
1: first time I mean you were there for the original true. recording yes. so true. true it is kind of a rewind for you yeah but
2: a little. How many bit, of us have I,
3: checked our phones tonight while we're recording? Multiple, multiple times.
0: Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, it's just beyond my capacity when I'm actually <laughs> leading.
2: I would have been on my phone if I wasn't leading. <laughs> facts, Fact. facts, truth. Love. I love the love the community. Love the. Uh, this is our own confession. This is this is yeah. our, this is pod, podcast liturgy. Is yeah. that? Can we make yes. that a thing? Podcast liturgy. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Um, I think for me, what I really need to do is I need to do the combination of to book it to not bookend my day with my phone and also to not have it near me because mm-hmm. I have noticed that I that is my number one really bad habit. I have picked up, especially especially from COVID. I I never slept poorly until we went through that whole shenanigan. And then I had anxiety and then I would wake myself up in the middle of the night and I would doom scroll at like 3am and I did that for months and I think I ruined my sleep. Mm. Um, So now I like impulsively, it's not even sometimes I'm anxious. I'm like, my body's like, look at your phone at 3am. I'm like, why please? We work soon. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) And yet I still do it. I I do it every night. And so I think for me, I need to put my phone farther away. What I really, it boils down to, I need to learn how to program my husband's alarm clock that's on the other side of our bed i need to just get over it and use a real alarm clock so that my phone cannot be in my room and so that i cannot bookend my day with phone use Mm. oh man should i just i'll just do it all week (laughs) you can do it cam i can this (laughs) this is not a question of can this is a question of desire and want and like yes right
1: yep right and well i mean so what are we replacing it with? I mean, I think yes. that's to Jane's point. So are you going to read? Are you going to pray? Oh, are right. you going to listen to music on a non, you know, internet device? Like what are you going to replace it with so that it's not just a punitive thing against yourself? It's a counter
2: literature. That's, that's good. I think so some of the days. I speaking of doing hard things because they're good for our life. Um and talking about the collective, uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of people at my church convinced me to run the half marathon in November even awesome. though I don't run. And so I'm 10 days in. I'm not having a good time yet and that's fine. Uh so at least on the days that I have to go run, I just won't go check my phone. I'm just like, "Kim, you just need to put clothes on, and go run." Uh that'll be some days. Right. I Perfect. would love to I would love to just read my Bible. I would love to just read my Bible first thing. Uh, confessions of people in ministry. Sometimes the actual Bible with actual a pages. A real Bible with real pages. I I have I have multiple. Are they all not near my bed? Yes right um, yes yeah exactly
1: I think one of the key things we're hitting in this podcast is like this isn't a, about self-deprivation def- necessarily although there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with a healthy healthy dose of that because we're also privileged but I think it's about reforming not just taking away yeah. so that's yes. I think the challenge yes. for all of us is like and then letting giving our hearts and our minds space to figure out that that's good
2: mm. yeah that's true honestly, in the morning, if I could just sit in silence for like, if I could just sit alone for like 15, 30 minutes, that's, that's probably great for me. Mm-hmm. All right, Jane, you can't, you can't wait much longer, just so you know. Yep. It's time. Christian. Oh, Christian. Oh yeah. Monotasking.
0: Uh-
2: <laughs>
0: Commit. <laughs> okay.
2: First of all, I, I want
0: to say this. I-, I actually really want to know what it's like sort of the best I can. Maybe in these little spurts of life without the phone. I mean, at the very least. But here is my problem. Either my boys or my daughter-in-law can call me any time of the night and that will come through, right? They're they're not blocked at whatever, 11 o'clock at night. Like, this is my anxiety speaking. I need that phone next to my bed because what if they call? It, what if something happens? What if Cobes in an accident coming home from work? Like, I need to know. So I'm in, I'm, you know, maybe I'm compl- completely justifying my reason i have to have my phone next to me so what am i committing to i will commit to the the phone will be across the room because if it rings i'll hear it right it'll be across the room and uh i feel like this is not going to work but i'm going to put it across the room for four days this is our experiment right yeah Uh, across the room for four days, plugged in or just sitting there, and um, so at least I cannot. It's you know the mindless reach, habitual reach. It, it's it's going to be broken, and I will pray because that is what is killing me. I get up. I'm in the habit of reaching for the phone. I take the dogs downstairs, let them out. I sit on the couch. I start scrolling, and like a half hour later or longer, that's how I've used my time. And I despise myself from doing that because I want to spend my time in the morning praying. That is what I want to do. So that's what I'll commit to. (laughs) She said it. I'm in. You got this. So if you're listening to our podcast, we would love for you to find your people to share in a practice, a counter counter liturgy with, and, um, and hopefully by then we'll have a Facebook page up and running and you can let us know how things are going. All right, ladies, it has been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And then we'll check in uh, next time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Off to the no phone zone.
2: We got this. We do. <laughs> That's really what I want to do right now. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hey,
0: thanks for being a part of our listening community at Sheklesiology. We would love to hear your ideas for future podcast topics. What do you think are the pressing issues facing the church today that women need to be talking about? You can send your topics to ideas at girls And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come on. Come on
3: in.